Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Somi Arian, who is the founder of InPeak, an innovative platform enabling creators and businesses to build using AI and blockchain. She is also an award-winning filmmaker whose documentary, The Millennial Disruption, won several international awards. She is also the author of Career Fear and How to Beat It. She was honored by LinkedIn, who recognized her with their Top Voices Award. Thank you so much for joining us today, Somi. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. I want to start by taking you back to the founding of InPeak. Can you talk a little bit about the organization and what you've learned about yourself as a leader during the founding journey? Yeah, sure. The reason why I created InPeak was because I felt that we are going into a new age of social media. Initially, social media was not really designed to be catering to creators. I wanted to build something that would really help creators build a community to enable them to actually have control over how they interact with their communities. When you think about the way that social media has been to date, it's been in a way that you build an audience and then you have no control over whether that audience will see your content, how they will interact with it. And many times that social media as a whole becomes less popular. You know, we have seen it with Vine, with you know Snapchat, MySpace, Facebook, right? So people build an entire audience and there's like a expiry date. And that expiry date is for as long as that channel goes on. And there is no guarantee that people will see your content. So while social media are amazing, I feel like we're going into an, a new age, which is going to be more focused on private social networks. I think that we are going to see more of closed social networks. And that's where we are going with peak eventually. On traditional social media, you build an audience. On the future social networks, that the type that I'm building, you build a community. And what have you learned about yourself? When I was looking at the LinkedIn, your LinkedIn profile, it looks like this is about a three to four year journey that you've been on from founding. How do you think you've evolved as a leader over those three to four years? A lot. I think the most important thing I learned was that you need to be so flexible when you're building in technology because the flavor of the moment, whatever it is, you know, people's attention is there. So, uh, you know, we try to build this in Web3. Then Web3 was not, at first we focused on women in business and technology. We realized that it was too small of an audience. And that was the time when 2021, all of a sudden blockchain was the flavor of the moment. And we thought that, okay, there is an opportunity here. So Web3 is going to be the next big thing. So maybe we build in Web3. And we started building that and then Web3 suddenly became not popular anymore. And that was because of its connection with crypto. So unfortunately, that hyper-financialization, it really didn't do us any favor. And even though we were focused on the technology, from the viewpoint of many people, anything to do with the word metaverse, Web3, blockchain had something to do with financialization. So, hmm. so that was a big learning curve and trying to have that flexibility to say, okay, let's pivot again. And now the flavor of the moment is AI, but this time I'm not caving in and I'm not, I'm not going to go and say, okay, we are an AI company now. AI is something that every company will build into their tech stack, whatever it is that they're building. And uh, we are no different. We are also building a lot of AI into our business, but I don't say that we are an AI company because every company is going to be an AI company. It's kind of like going back 
to early days of the internet and saying, oh, this is an internet company. Well, now every company is an internet company. I think it's the same thing with AI. I actually wrote this book about AI and how it's changing the future of work. That was in 2019. And at that time, nobody was talking about AI. Mm. And the book came out in 2020, but I wrote it throughout 2019. And for that reason, I think that the most important thing I learned was to be flexible and to uh, really be able to pivot. But this time, our pivot is not just focused on one specific technology or just one specific group of audiences. One of the things that you talked about in that answer and that I mentioned in the introduction is you kind of are doing a lot of different things. You're a filmmaker, you're an author, you're trying to run a company. One of my favorite questions to ask or one of the questions that we get most frequently from people that listen to the show is, how do you organize your day? How do you think about getting things done? How do you think about prioritization, specifically in the realm of leading a business, but also in the realm of leading some of the initiatives that you are doing um, in addition to the business? So actually, one thing I've learned about myself is that I can't do more than one thing at a time. I just have to focus on. So the filmmaking, I don't do anymore. My colleagues, my team, they run my other company. So they run it without me. Literally, like I just don't have anything to do with it. So I don't do any filmmaking at the moment. I just don't have time. I also am not writing anymore. You know, I've, I've written my book, but I'm only focusing on Impeak right now. I can't do anything else. And even within Impeak, I'm only focusing on one specific thing. And what is that specific thing? And how often do you think about goal setting or how often do you think about where do you want your focus to be a week from now, a month from now, six months from now? So I'm constantly reevaluating where I am and what I'm working on. At this moment, as we are speaking about this, I'm building a channel on Impeak for startups and VCs to connect and for VCs to basically, I want to build like the biggest library of masterclasses for startup founders to learn everything everything that they need alongside their journey from idea creation to raising pre-seed to seed to series A to building their operation and everything. So that's currently my focus. And I actually, I was just talking to Lola earlier, my colleague that I feel like I need to just focus on that channel. I can't do multiple channels. So, so the rest of the team have to work on the other channels because I literally cannot. I have ADHD and I've learned that the best way for me to manage my ADHD is to provide an environment for myself where I can only work on one thing. So I have to do one thing at a time. When you thought about founding the company, there's a lot of risk associated with that. How did you manage the decision or how did you think about, was this a risk worth taking? How did you think about the pros and the cons during that process? So I'm a big risk taker, which is not very common for women in business and technology. This was one of the things that I recognized when we were doing our Women in Business and Technology series was like, we were really trying to encourage more women to take risks. Hmm. I think for me, the reason why I take risks is because I don't really have anything to lose. You know, if I show you a picture of where I grew up, you wouldn't believe where I am now. So I come from a very underprivileged background in Tehran. I was born during the Iran-Iraq war. I didn't have any backing. I came here with one suitcase, you know, and now I've built two companies so far. I made a decision. I made a conscious decision not to have family. That's a very big risk. It's something that women are under a lot of pressure to have kids and family, etc. So I made a conscious decision not to do that because I just 
I knew that I didn't have the type of support that would allow me to do that and build a career the way that I wanted. And also for me, my career is not, it doesn't feel like a career, it's a calling. So I just threw myself into it completely, 100%. And all of those are massive risks. So the risks that you take in business are nothing in comparison to the risks that I've taken in life to be able to do what what I do. So I do take risks in business quite a lot and I have lost money. I have made mistakes, but that's why it's a risk. What did you learn from some of those mistakes? How did you apply the lessons from the difficult times, the losing of money when things didn't work out? How did you apply those lessons the next time through to make you more effective given what you learned in the past? One of the biggest mistakes, I suppose it's not, it was not a mistake at the time. It seemed like the right thing to do was when I came into Web3, I invested quite a lot of money into a Web3 community so that I could really build a network. But what I realized was that the network wasn't quite what I thought it was. And those digital assets lost their value. And the way I see it, I think of that as a marketing cost, essentially, that didn't work out, right? It's not that we didn't learn anything. We learned quite a lot from it. And I think moving forward, I will be, I suppose, a lot tighter with how I would spend money, right? Hmm. I think in the beginning, there was a lot of learning curve of how to tap into the different markets. I think I, I understand the markets a lot better now. And I know that some of the tried and tested methods of building awareness for our platform, it works best. So I'm going to focus on those. How have you thought about hiring and growing your team? It's something that I'm assuming when you started, you didn't have the team that you have now. What do you think has made you effective in attracting and retaining talent? I'm pretty brutal with cutting. I fire very fast because I'm like, if it's not working, I just will not, even if it's halfway through the month, I'm like, it's just not working. Sorry. You know, we need to move on. So I've just learned that we have to be very, very clear with our team that this is a startup. And until we get to a certain amount of revenue that we can sustain things. So yeah, uh, like for example, most people are freelance. I try not to get myself too tangled in HR. I keep things quite loose in that sense. I hire from overseas, from places where cost of living is not the same as US and UK. And I try to keep the cost really low and still have a very tight grip on quality. That means that I have to put a lot of my own time into making sure that quality is sustained. But I think we run on a very, very lean budget and that comes with being quite brutal with it. You've had a lot of success on LinkedIn. A lot of the people that listen to the show are pretty active LinkedIn users. What do you think has made you successful on the platform? It's like Anything else, the volume of content matters. I went through a phase where we were posting once or twice a day on my profile and I had six or seven people in my team you know, helping me out with, with all the different things that we did on, on LinkedIn. We are not doing as much because now our priorities have shifted. So I'm still active on LinkedIn, but I'm not doing as much as I used to. And I think the more you do, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Twitter, whether it's YouTube, you have to pick 
one platform and go all in. And then you have to like have a lot of volume of content because when you have a high volume of content, some of it will stick and something will, you know, the, the algorithm will pick up something and people will start to notice you. I have tried many, many times to replicate that on Twitter and YouTube and it just doesn't quite stick because I've never really put in the same amount of power that I put behind LinkedIn. I think we will go heavy on one of these other platforms at some point sooner or later, but it's just what I can manage right now. So I would say the most important thing is wherever you go, the volume of content and variety of content matters because you have to have enough volume for the algorithm to pick something up. And then that's when you see, so there was a time when I was talking a lot, a lot about millennials and how millennials are changing the business landscape. And that's what got picked up. And, hmm. you know, that's how I did the documentary and everything. So it's like anything else, it's a numbers game. As we kind of wrap up here, one of the questions that I always like asking is what sort of advice would you give your younger self? You, you've learned a lot as you've founded companies, done all these creative pursuits. What sort of advice would you give your younger self? And then I guess asked another way, what sort of advice would you give a younger listener listening to the show who's in the start of their entrepreneurial journey? To my own younger self, the only thing I would say, not so much of an advice, but I would probably give myself a hug and say, it's going to be okay. <laughs> because it's so it's so difficult. And sometimes you just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And you think like, am I going to be okay? Yeah. And when I look back, it's like, I've been okay. Like I've survived all of this, right? So I would definitely say, don't compare yourself to other people and that you're going to be okay. You do sit at an interesting intersection point with technology and creativity. And a lot of our listeners probably are not in the AI blockchain world like you are, but we need to be aware of what's going on in that space. What do you think people aren't aware enough about and how it's going to impact the way that we all work six months from now, three years from now? What are people not talking enough about that are maybe outside of the space that you're in day in and day out? One thing that none of us, I mean, I have paid attention to, and I talked about it in my book as well, that everything that you do is training machine learning algorithms. Everything that you do, like, like for the past five, six, seven years, I've been saying, I've been co constantly talking about it in my content, in my book, that everything that you do is teaching the algorithms. So ultimately, whatever we create, the technology that we create is a mirror of ourselves. Mm. So just remember everything, the way that you behave, what you say, what you write, what you do on the internet, ultimately you're creating a mirror of ourselves. That's something that I think we should be talking about more. I feel like it's not talked about enough. And then in my book, I talk about four human skills that really prepare us for this age of AI and, and technology. And those are emotional intelligence, critical thinking, contextual creativity, and mindfulness. And these four skills, they are really the things that, that separate us from the AIs. Like I was talking to my colleague Lola this morning that I asked ChatGPT to help me with the document. I could have just taken what it gave me, hmm. but I spent two hours back and forth, two hours today, a few hours last night, back and forth with it. And I, every time it's, it spit out something, I gave it back. I was like, no, like this, 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 refine this, refine. And I ended up with a document that's amazing. I, I was really happy with it, but that was still five hours of my time, three hours last night, two hours this morning with ChatGPT 
that and then that document was like top notch you know so i think that's the difference right so that's like using your critical thinking your contextual creativity being mindful and also applying emotional intelligence those two things coming together that's where magic happens and i've really enjoyed this conversation and we end all of our chats with two rapid fire questions that i ask all of the guests on the show so the first one is this if you could describe your leadership style, but I just gave you one word, what would your one word be? Fast. <laughs> and the uh, last rapid fire question is this. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Don't compare yourself to other people. I think that was probably the best. We all come from, from specific backgrounds, right? So it just as long as you don't compare yourself to other people, you're going to be fine. That is a wonderful piece of advice to close this out. Where can our listeners find out more about you? I'm Somi Ariane on across everything. So that's Somi Ariane, S-O-M-I-A-R-I-A-N. And that's across all social channels at Somi Ariane. Well, thank you very much for all of the great insight. Thanks to all of our wonderful listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate it when you share our show with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer, and you can find our show on Instagram at Ability Sims. I want to thank Somi again for joining us on this episode. And of course, I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast. This podcast is produced by Ability a leading provider of award-winning leadership development. You can find us at www.ability.com or by searching for Ability Leadership Development. Make sure to also check out our 12-week fully virtual mini MBA, The Invited MBA, a nights and weekends program that features experiential learning, mentorship, case studies, and networking. Find more information at www.invitedmba.com. Finally, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you get our next episode. We want to thank you all for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast.